I'm Kimberly Young, Assistant Medical Director for Hillside, and welcome to Reframe Children's Mental Health. Hillside's mission is to help children and families thrive by providing outstanding residential and community mental health services. Our programs focus on the strengths of our kids and encourage the growth and improvement they need to navigate through life. Hillside provides specialized, cutting-edge mental health care and education to children and their families. Exploring compassion continues to be a key component in training mental health. On this episode of Reframe Children's Mental Health, we'll be taking a look at a specific child and their family's journey and how mindfulness not only brought compassion into the child's life, but inspired her to give back and make a difference in the lives of other children facing mental health challenges. 13-year-old Ava was having an intense struggle with her mental health, and it was manifesting in a variety of ways. Things became so challenging, her parents were at the end of their rope, so they sought help from Hillside. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I'm Ava's mother. Hi, I'm Grant, and I'm Ava's father. Our entire family unit was in disarray. We were at the end of the line. We didn't know what else to do. So some of the things that we were experiencing um, very regularly were related to what is called reactive attachment disorder. It often happens in children who've been adopted uh, or happens more often in children who've been adopted. And we didn't really realize that's what we were dealing with. So some of the behaviors that we were seeing were, you know, not accepting responsibility for, uh, she, she could be physically harming um, others. It would be yelling, it would be throwing things. Um, it was, uh, there was a lot of physicality involved. And I think a lot of that was also, she just, she was depressed and she does have anxiety and she was, unhappy with herself and also had a low self-esteem and uh, the low self-esteem was you know all these things were exacerbating each other they were all working against each other Um, and so there's a lot going on in her in her mind and the way that um, she thinks and so we needed help getting those those different diagnoses and those different um, challenges that she has. We need to get them sorted out and we needed help giving her the right kind of therapy. And that is DBT. One of the biggest challenges we had was is that having the, the emotional intelligence to say, I did something wrong or I have to take responsibility for something and maybe it impacts somebody else. You know, how that other person responds to you, how you build relationships, is extremely important. And the compassion side of it was huge in relationship building. When we started looking into all the challenges that we were having, we really realized her relationship with others was a struggle. She, she was really challenged in that area and she needed tools to be able to help her with that. And so getting that type of therapy to help her with relationships to help to understand this is how this other person may feel and how I should respond to that helped her become more aware. Hello, my name is Ava and I'm 13 years old. 
In therapy, I learned how to regulate your emotions and how to stay calm around other people. I learned DBT skills, how to cope with my anger, anxiety, and depression. And I learned many ways to cope with stress and how to be more safe in the house. Some of the tools I used when I feel down in the moment, like you focus on what's going on in the moment and improve the moment. So if you're feeling not in control, I usually go take a shower or talk to my mom or talk to your father or just talk to someone. And I like to use self-soothe as a skill. It's one of my favorite skills. I like, I'm very um, tactile. So to help me cope through feeling out of control or depressed or high anxiety, I like to carry around a little bag or a little, like a container that has all my self-soothe or Bible verses in it that I like to carry around and read. I carry around slime all the time and I like to make new batches all the time. I like to put glitter in it, confetti, snow, fake snow. And also I like to color. I like to just explore new colors and explore different types of drawings. It's very relaxing. It puts me in a in the moment kind of brain. And then also I carry around a squishy and a squishy is a fun foam object that is in different shapes and colors that you can just squish and get your stress out of. Our relationship, because of the reactive attachment disorder with Ava, it was not a healthy attachment. And so I will tell you that now, um, for the first time ever, and Ava's been in our home for 13 years, for the first time, she is asking us to hold her. She's asking us to hug her regularly. She wants our help with things. She wants us to put Band-Aids on her boo-boos and medication on them. Um, She wants our opinion. She is wanting us to sit in her room until she goes to sleep. Um, She's letting us in her room because that wasn't happening for a while. Every time we entered, we got an explosion. So through the compassion side of the therapy, it has opened up that relationship building and allowed the attachment to begin. Ava experienced a wonderful environment at Hillside that as a parent, we were skeptical in the beginning from the standpoint of what are we getting into? Was this the right decision? Was it not? And the staff was extremely direct with us, very open with feedback. Um, We were both extremely involved. Um, We both were involved in all of the activities, very hands-on. And I would say that that really helped um, us as we transitioned um, to help Ava for, for uh, the rest of her life. I think having very clear roadmaps that Hillside helped us set up. Hillside really helped us a lot in making sure that we had a behavior management plan and we had it very detailed and it was worked together with Ava so she knew all of the consequences and all of the privileges that she has. And so the structure that was at Hillside, we can't, we can't mirror that at home perfectly. It's, it's very difficult to do. But to have the behavior management plan really helped in keeping radically acceptance, keeping the compassion therapy going as, as Ava continues on with her life.
my definition of compassion is showing people that it's just not all about you. You give other people what they need. Like if they need a hug or if they need someone to talk to or if they need advice, you just give it to them and you do it all in. You don't go halfway or you don't go quarter way. You don't go a little bit over halfway. You go all the way. When I give back to Hillside or my friends or my family, it really gets me out of the world's not all about me. And it gets me into mind of there's other people in this world that may be hurting just like you or may not. Maybe they're hurting in a different way. And you really, you really need to take that in, into, a, into your mind and focus on it. And it really helps me just decompress and just give back as much as I can. After experiencing therapy at Hillside and using her newfound DBT skills, Ava felt compelled to give back. This inspired her to create Thread for Therapy. This project found Ava creating a line of bracelets, many featuring words of inspiration, and donating the proceeds to the Hillside Atlanta Foundation. Ava was helping me actually build a patio where she was carrying some some concrete slabs and as she was doing this project with me that took many days because we did it in half hour chunks um, we were talking through things and during that whole time she was making bracelets and I think she got up to about 30 bracelets on the counter and I said listen you know at some point we, we don't want to hoard all these bracelets you should share them you should you should do something with them And that whole process of of walking her through a thought process was huge to be able to see her, see her mind working. So what would you like to give to? How would you like to do it? What would you name your company? How would you price it? How would you mail it? All of those things to, to even come up to originate a business or originate an idea or quite frankly, originate what makes me mindful in everything that I do. That was the genesis of it for, for Ava as she was going through it and then to be able to talk through it. We said, Ava, so what do you think you could do with these? Do you think you could make somebody else's life positive with these bracelets? She said, well, I, I want to give back to Hillside somehow. And I want to help the other kids there. Because she said, Mommy, some of those kids, they don't get enough time. And she told me shortly after she came home, how grateful she was for the time that she had been able to have the therapy that she got because many of the kids don't get enough. So she wanted to be able to help them. So we talked about what the names would be and what the logo would look like. And um, we just kind of sent it out to a couple family members to see what they thought and They thought it was good and and we sent out some bracelets to people and people were impressed and happy with them. So she she slept on a couple nights and then she came to me and she said, I'm I'm in. This is what I want to do. Let's make bracelets and let's but she said, I really want to give to horticulture and art therapy. So I contacted Hillside and I said, can we earmark it for those two kinds of therapies? Those are the ones she feels most connected to. And they said, sure, no problem. We um, eventually created a Facebook page, Thread for Therapy, and um, put our mission statement out there. 
and a few bracelets that we had made. And I would say to this date, we have sold somewhere around 200, um, if not a little more. And it's all about positivity. They're happy colors and happy messages. And she likes that. She loves to look at the color combinations and the different thread textures and the different beads and how we can change the look of each bracelet by just changing a few things up. And she's a very creative mind. She loves the just the thought of putting the different textures together and the colors and coordinating it. And that's really part of how her brain works. And she really is enjoying this. Well, I always knew I wanted to give back to Hillside because they did an amazing job helping me and helping my family. Because I've always wanted like different kinds of bracelets and I always tried to create them. But then my mom said, hi, let's try this style. So we tried it, we bought some thread, we bought some, we had some beads and we just started creating it. And it started from just me asking. And that's really important to ask. And it really helped me mindfully do what I love. I've always loved to have something on my wrist or my fingers or my t or on my ankles. It's always been the colors and the beads and the different charms you can put on. You can really do anything. You can never be stop exploring the different ways to create a bracelet. Each one is handmade and they are, I choose words that definitely define me. The ones I have on my wrist right now, the words I have are joyous, chosen, and dreamer. Joyous means that I'm, I've always tried to be happy. Even if it's going, if I, even if I'm going through a hard time, I've always tried to see the bright side in everything. Chosen, we did a yellow one because yellow is an adoption color. I've always gotten teased and made fun of for being adopted, but now I see that it's, it's a gift that God has given me and it's amazing that I'm chosen from my parents. And then dreamer is I love to dream and I love to imagine and think of new ways to do bracelets or a different style or a different color or different kinds of beads or different charms, anything like that. Giving back to Hillside meant that I can give other kids a chance to experience what I experienced. The love and the care and just the imagination and the uplifting faces and the uplifting words that I received when I was there. Dr. Adam Silverman, Hillside's medical director, knows the importance of compassion as a key component in mental health treatment. In fact, he's in the process of introducing cognitively-based compassion training for Hillside. Here he is with more. Cognitively-based compassion training. What is this? These are a lot of complicated words. And what it means at its core is, um, how do we train our mind in suffering and the wish to reduce suffering. So compassion at its core is rooted in the wish to reduce another's suffering. Cognitively based compassion training uh, was developed initially by uh, a doctor named Dr. Negi, who was originally a, a Buddhist monk um, who came over from Tibet 
and was teaching at Emory in their undergraduate program. The question was asked to him, why do we have so much depression and suicidality in our early uh, years at Emory and our students? And he said, well, we don't really have that problem in Tibet so much. And they said, okay, well, why is that? And he explained it's because of this training that they do. People at Emory were like, uh, well, can we learn that? Uh, and, and he made, he formalized uh, a type of mind training that's now completely secularized. So um, while its origins are in Tibetan Buddhism, um, it's completely secularized and doesn't demand any, any religious affiliation or any framework other than the wish to reduce your own suffering and others. Um, it's didactic based initially. So it's teaching in how our mind works and how we can gain control over the ways in which we cause our own misery. And what we do is first we understand through um, a series of modules the foundations for healthier thinking. Um, and then we have practices in different types of meditations where we are guided um, in exploring our own mind and noticing it. The way in which we think about compassion is that if we see at our core that we're actually no different than anyone else, we all have the wish to reduce our suffering, to increase our happiness and feel more connected. Compassion naturally flows. So we first focus on how we have a wish uh, to feel um, a reduction in, in the things that bother us, how our lives could be made a little bit easier if we were a soft place to land for ourselves. Um, and we start turning that to others. So noticing that, you know, after all, we're all far more human than we are anything else. It's a quote from Harry Stack Sullivan, whom I love. If we, can, if we can cultivate this feeling that other people are just like us, we wish for our suffering to reduce. And so we wish for other people's suffering to reduce. It's really a timely message, actually. We are all hurting. And if we have the wish to reduce everyone's suffering, we're gonna naturally feel more connected to others. And we're gonna naturally have the wish to reduce their suffering and engage in something. So the last module in cognitively-based compassion training is how do we have engaged compassion? What do we do with this feeling of the wish to reduce suffering? And it leads us to a call to action. We wanna be there for our fellow people. And it turns out that's good for them and it's even better for us. So the number one way in which um, we can measure what's called resilience or the capacity to handle distress, and there's a lot of distress out there, um, is how connected we feel to others, how rich are our relationships. So, you know, in a time of the pandemic where we are increasingly isolated, we're remote um, a lot of the time. This is such an important element that the way in which we reduce our suffering and our loneliness and we're increasingly a lonely society is through the engagement with others that leads to our greatest capacity for resilience. So when things don't go well, it's so important to have a social network. Um, and this comes straight out of the wish to reduce other people's suffering and having compassion for them. Thanks so much for listening to Reframe Children's Mental Health. To learn more about Hillside's programs, visit hside.org. And to support us, visit us at hillsideatlantafoundation.org.